Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly pre-game podcast. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Jared. I'm, I'm joined by the one and only David. David, how you doing today, man? Big mile high salute to you and everybody in Broncos country, Jared. Feeling good. Absolutely. Well, feeling okay after last week's loss, but feeling good because it's Raiders week. Yeah, yeah, it's always an interesting week, um, and obviously, we'll get into everything going on with the Raiders and and you know their stuff, their head coaching woes, their everything that's going on with them. Um, but yeah, from a few, purely X's and O's standpoint, you know, a couple of t- teams, you know, really similar trajectories right now, just in terms of started out three and O, stumbled the, both of the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, both against, you know, especially last week both against opponents who you thought, oh, man, they, they're going to win that game. Uh, so, yeah, bo- both teams that are kind of desperate for a win right now, uh, but, you know, organizations that are going different ways right now. And like I said, we'll talk about that a lot more in depth coming up here, Jared. Absolutely. I've never, I, of all the articles and everything I've read, I've never seen a headline saying the Oakland Raiders have head coaching woes. Uh, I think that's just a very underplayed way to put that. But you know what? That We'll get into that here in a mm. second. Uh, it, whatever you're doing, make sure you are hitting that subscribe button. Make sure you're sharing this with your friends, family, coworkers, enemies, uh, neighbors, guy across the street that you don't like. Whoever it is that you're sharing it with, make sure that everybody knows that we're out here. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news. We out here. Oh, we out here. We're at, we we way out here. Oh, we out here. I'm uh. By the way, I'm gonna do a counter of how many times you call them Oakland during the podcast instead of Las Vegas. So I'm um. Yeah, can we not one? Did I have I did I already say it once? Yep. No, oh, you gotta one. be kidding me. No, you're one already. Okay. I, also, I'm keeping this. I'm keeping this in. Our, our our listeners need to hear that this is what you do to me. These are the things you do to me on this show. I was gonna tell them at the end of the show, and I figured I'd put <laughs> pity on you by telling you now to give you like one chance to to rectify the situation. So uh, you, you know, all this is gonna make me do is see how high I can get that counter. I'm just going to call them Oakland for the rest of the episode and see what well, I can do. At least it'll seem like it's on purpose instead of you just being an idiot, which it would be like <laughs> otherwise. So. That's why I'm leaving this in, because yeah. I don't want to make it seem that way. It's yeah, probably yeah, yeah. going to be on accident, but if I leave this in, it doesn't sound as bad. Right. No, no, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so let's start. So, yeah, so, hey, so here we are. Coming back home, man, Vegas is coming into into our field, and, and we have a lot to prove right now. There's a lot going on. Let's, let's talk about us. Let's talk about the Broncos before we get into the Oakland Raiders woes. I did it again. I I heard myself. I heard it that time. Anyways, before we get into their woes, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about us, man. There's a lot of Broncos country really mad right now, and because, <laughs> like you said, we should have won that Steelers game, and not only should we have won it, we should definitely should not have been fighting and crawling back in the fourth quarter and trying to make a comeback. Like that should not have happened. Uh, what What are you feeling about where Denver Broncos country is right now? Uh, I mean, the, there's that frustration. It's that frustration of, you know, we were winning. 
Um, everybody thought the bad taste in our mouth from last year was maybe finally getting excised. It was, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's a breath of fresh air, a quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. And it just didn't hold up. It's just these last two weeks, it's not been there. Um, you know, especially in this last game where you thought the, the Broncos could go in and impose their will a little bit. They, they got pushed around on both lines of scrimmage. And I think their problems on both sides of the ball really fell, you know, came from that. Um, it's, it's been kind of a theme this year overall, as you go back and look, even at the games we won, um, you know, the pass rush has not been that good. Um, it's the, the offensive line has been average to below average, even when you have the, you know, ideal five starters out there, which has not been all the time. Uh, it's just, I, I think if you're looking for the, this, you know, them to solve, solve something so it looks like they did something big that's where that's where the change will come you know they'll they'll look like they're winning on the offensive line and defensive line and I think that will open things up for them a little bit more but yeah that was that was the biggest thing that stood out to me against that against the Steelers was was they were just getting pushed around on both lines and if they want to change something they've got to open things up there so the, the big question, uh, there's, I mean, there's a couple big questions that the Broncos have right now. The first thing I want to mention is Kyle Fuller uh, did not have a great game. I think yeah. that's a way to put that. Uh, and, and not only that, but he didn't have a great game against uh, Baltimore either. So I think that kind of pushes Ronald Darby's. Uh, I know we were kind of expecting him back. We took him off the IR. We were kind of expecting him back. But I, I think that kind of escalates and, and accelerates Ronald Darby coming back into the lineup because there's no way that we could go another game with Kyle Fuller getting beat the way that he did in the last two games, right? Absolutely. Uh, and Darby did come off not only the IR but came off the injury report today. So he was full go Good. in practice. Uh, he will be playing in this game Um now, the other thing about that is it really opens up some options, and I know we were just talking about maybe seeing less of Darby, but if you leave Darby on the field, that means that you can do uh, a little bit more of what we were talking about with Sertan and matching him up against Darren Waller, seeing how he plays yes. against... Uh, now, you know, he's had some rookie moments this year. I expect if you do that, or if you see them matched up against each other, you're going to have Waller win some of those battles. It's just going to be a thing that happens. He's two, He's one of the best players in this league right now. Um, he's too good and too dynamic for even a really good rookie to contain for an entire game. Um, but yeah, so I, and and that's the other thing. I'll really be interested to see if that's the way that Fangio is going to play it all this season. Because if it's not, if we don't see Sertan, you know, really following Waller around the field a lot, I don't think that's going to be a, a blueprint for him the rest of the season either. I think that's something we really talked about as being a possibility for him with that body size. Uh, and speed that he possesses. But yeah, I, I think if we don't see it this weekend, it's not something that we're going to see. I think it's going to be much more a, he'll put hit, you know, Fangio will put the best personnel on the field in the best situations that he sees fit, but he's not going to play matchup guy, this guy against that guy. And that's, you know, I, I really don't expect him to do that. Honestly. He never has. Yeah. In his career, he never has been that guy. And, and I don't think that's going to happen specifically the way that Fuller has been playing the last couple of weeks. There's got to be a level of, uh, responsibility to, to to not have him play as as one of the starting outside guys and Patrick Sertan he's been playing very well on the outside he's gotten you know a couple catches on him but for the most part as a rookie playing very well on the outside we have to take advantage of that so I, I'm gonna lead that into this 
the coaching situation, we don't know who's calling the plays for the Raiders right now. Because John Gruden was the play caller for the offense, and there's there's you know back and forth. You read all the all the headlines and all the all the uh, you know people who aren't in that coach's office actually talking about it, talking about well, it's going to be Derek Carr is going to be the guy running the playbook. He's going to run it from the head huddle, and then it's going to be the who's actually listed as the offense coordinator, who is really offensive QA for John Gruden. Is he going to be calling the plays, and is it going to be looking different than you have? My only concern here, and I'll say this is that they still have Henry Ruggs who can blow the top off of any defense yeah. with his speed. Uh-huh. They still have Darren Waller who can just absolutely destroy a game if they just keep targeting him. Uh, the same way we have Noah Fant, but we'll get to that later. We have They have a new offensive play caller, a new head coach who has absolutely nothing to lose coming into Denver. It, it, it almost spells disaster for the big play. So if we can stop the big play, we we win this game. If we cannot stop two big plays from happening this game, I don't think we win this game. Well, and that's, you know, we're going to find out some things this week because we have not been, you know, for a defense that is first and foremost geared to stop the big play, we have not been doing a great job this season, especially not the last two weeks. Gave up two big, you know, two long touchdown passes in back-to-back weeks uh, on different sides of that secondary. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, And it's a team where... I'm just, I'm super nervous because what if they thrive in the chaos? You know what I mean? Like, what if they just put it all behind them somehow and come out here and are just fucking lights out? What if new offensive coordinator Greg Olson is bombs away? What if Derek Carr says, F it, um, um, I want to put to bed once and for all this idea that Gruden was pushing me to go deep and Gruden was pushing me to open my game up and and without Gruden, I'm just a game manager who checks it down. It's it's such a possibility. I mean, it's always a possibility because it's a division game. But especially now where, you know, like you said, Jared, they've got nothing left to lose. And that puts a team in a scary position. You know, this offensive line has been bad this year for them. Uh, but that's what we said about the Raiders. And we couldn't generate much of a pass rush. Or I'm sorry, against the Steelers. Couldn't generate much of a pass rush against them since Bradley Chubb's been out. And even with him in there, it's just, you know, it's been Von Miller and, you know, and it's just not a sustainable recipe for the secondary who, yeah, it's a good secondary, but any secondary is going to get picked apart if you give them 3.5 seconds back there, you know? And it's our only strip sack. So for the record, we had, we had points on the board before we got a first down and, and yeah. you know, again, this isn't the post game podcast, so I'll, I'll leave that to them. But the only strip sack was coming off of a coverage sack. It was really a coverage sack, yeah, absolutely. because he had enough time to get all the way on the other side of, of Ben, turn back around, and come back down on top of him. Um, so, so that is frustrating. The lack of uh, ability to get to the uh, to get to the quarterback. Um, real quick, David, we're going to mm-hmm. take a pause here to have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. As we all know, we are sponsored by uh, DraftKings with the Pigskin Podcast Network. We're part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Make sure you guys are going and downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook because this week, if you bet just $1 on any NFL game, you get $100 if either team in that game scores a point. If either team scores a point, you could bet 
that Ben Roethlisberger is going to throw over 350 yards. You could bet that that Teddy Bridgewater is going to throw for 500 yards. It doesn't matter what you bet. As long as either team scores, you get 100 free dollars in bets. That is a no-brainer. Last time there was a 0-0 tie in the NFL was 1943. I say you got to go do that. If you're like me and you don't have sportsbook available in your state, DraftKings does not leave you empty-handed. There's huge cash prizes, and they're giving away free millions of dollars to new customers on your first deposit with daily fantasy sports contests. So go make sure you download the DraftKings app. Now, what you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network. That's TPPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. As always, you must be 21 years or older. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager is required. One per customer. All restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, we want to get you help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back to the show, David. Let's talk about let's talk about some coaching issues. That's that's the big that's the big talk. And and Ray asked me on the Ragers podcast. He asked me this question. I want to ask you this: Can Pat Shermer make up the woes that he's had so far? I mean, can they? Sure. Can he? I guess he can because he did it the first three games. The first three games, the offense looked smooth. It looked like. Maybe not in a rhythm at all times, but it looked like they were capable of producing at all times. Um, and then the last two weeks, not so much. So, yeah, I. Yeah, as you can. know, as you know, I'm mm. a big, I'm a, I'm a Pat Shermer backer. Yeah, and I have since he got here. I've been a big fan of the, the his scheme, the way he throws, the way he puts stuff in. But it, it almost seems like he's listening to us on the podcast because last week we were giving him way too much shit for not running the ball in the second half when we were producing so much. And then we come out this second game, or this game against the Steelers, and we run the ball on first and second down all the way up. Like, we were so predictable. We, we The first time we threw a pass was within two minutes of the half on the yeah. first and second down. We, threw, we ran on first and second down every single play until two minutes left in the half. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's right now the Broncos are – averaging eight yards to go on every third down and that's that 31st is, in the league yeah not a recipe for success um and we're 30 we're last in the league on third down conversions yeah well that's it's it's one of the areas that teddy teddy bridgewater has been worst at statistically is his third down passing we are just not putting our team in a great situation to be ahead of the sticks um we're you know on whether we're throwing or running on first down right now and second down it's not working. They, they've got to figure out a little bit something else. I, 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 you know, I'm not an X's and O's kind of guy. I'm not a coach like you, Jared. I don't see what they could be doing differently because I don't see schematically what they're doing wrong, I suppose. But yeah, something's got to give here. You, you've got two guys who can tote the rock in Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. But you're not putting them in effective situations, I guess. Is, is well, my go ahead? Here, here's my concern from from mm-hmm. the coaching. And for the record, I don't think I'm better than any of these NFL coaches. They're getting paid a lot more money, and they're there for a reason. I'm just a poor old high school offensive coordinator sitting over here, um, also not doing very well. My team, but there there is a point. There is a level of scouting the other team and understanding that the strength of the Steelers defense. And the and we'll talk about it, but the strengths of the of the um, of the Raiders defense is the run stop. 
Their their gap mm-hmm. control is so sound. Their run stop is so good. Why are we just continually trying to get the run going when what it should be the other way around? When you have a team like that where their strength is the run, you have to set up the pass and you have to start the pass to set up the run. You know, and sometimes it's the other way around. If they load the box, you start you you know you establish the run to set up the pass. It really depends on who you're playing. And I feel like we did no scouting against these guys to know that like, hey, these guys are really good against the run. Why are we running it so much at the beginning? And that that's you know, and we'll get into this game. Similarly, actually, let's let's just roll right into it, Dave. Okay. Defense, the defense for the Raiders versus the offense of the Denver Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater had a very was struggling a lot until the fourth quarter last week, and he threw his first interception, which was kind of a, you know, a, a desperation we'll say throw because we had to we had to try to get the score at the end of the game to possibly tie it up down by eight. Their defense, their strength is the run stop. Denzel Perryman uh, and KJ Wright, both those guys are run stop linebackers. Their outside defensive ends are run-stop guys, and we'll get into the matchup here in a little bit, but there's one matchup that I'm really going to be focused on because I think we, they have a big advantage here. But how do you think about establishing the run in this game against against the Raiders? Um, you, I would I would almost say you've got to get outside on them. And, you know, it's it's these these defensive ends. They're, they're big. You've got Yannick Ngakwe. But... What does he flash with the speed? That's what I'm what what, what I'm wondering. Um, if you can seal off the edge from Elvin Gordon and Javante Williams, those guys can move. I mean, it's not they're not Philip Lindsay kind of speed that we're talking about here, but both of them can get around an edge. Um, and you know, trying ta- to tackle either one of those guys in the open field with a defensive back is just good luck, uh, especially Williams. But you know, Gordon Gordon's no slouch in breaking tackles in the open field either. Um, now, but here, here's my here's my thing though. Is he going to break a tackle from Denzel Perryman or KJ Wright, who well, are both it. absolutely fantastic linebackers and t- fantastic tacklers? Right, absolutely. And a- another reason because I know Wright plays inside. Um, you've got these three four, you know, this three four system that you've got Gus Bradley running there now. Um, so you, and they've got all the linebackers in the world there. It seems like they've got Nick Witkowski, Corey Littleton is still there, um, but. You, you're missing Jonathan Hankins out of that out of that middle. He's not going to be playing for them this week. He's a big space eater. So maybe forget everything I just said about running to the edge. But <laughs> you know, um, but you know, if you do try to run up the middle, like you said, you've got Paraman and, and KJ Wright waiting there for you. It's you know, it's one of those things where I'm willing to take what the defense gives me in all all scenarios here. I definitely I definitely understand where you're coming from. But even yeah. if we try to run to the outside, mm-hmm. you know, Max Crosby. And and Yannick Ngokwe, they, they're not they're not slow guys, yeah. And they know how to set the edge. Now both of them both of them are known for being pass rushers, and these guys blitz. I think I don't have the stat in front of me, so I'll have to look it up. But I'm pretty sure the Raiders had the highest blitzing, one of the top blitzing ratings in the NFL. They're blitzing a lot, and here's here's what I'm going to talk about. And as we as we kind of shift from the run game, I, actually before we shift from the run game, I have a question for you. Do you think? That Javante Williams has gotten to the point where he is officially a clear cut number one guy uh, to to be able to take the runs, or are they still kind of playing that fifty fifty, kind of that fifty fifty role? Probably that fifty fifty role. Um, he 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 looks good out there in most situations, um, but he's still got a little bit to learn. Just more, it's on the mental side of the game. I think on the physical side of the game, obviously, you see everything you want from him. 
Um, but last week, for instance, he missed a blitz pickup in the red zone that led to a Teddy Bridgewater sack, um, which took yes. us out of out of touchdown range. Um, it, so it's I think they are waiting to see just a little bit more from him as far as assignment soundness um, before they can, you know, and obviously I think we're going to see a healthy dose of Melvin Gordon just because how, of how much money he's making this season. But that <laughs> to me, I think is is what's keeping him out out of that you know, true number one, three down back roll. Yeah. Okay. Let's kick it outside, Dave. Yeah. Now we're talking about the pass. Uh, Sutton and Patrick against, uh, you know, Casey Hayward, number one on pro football focus, the fir- the number one cornerback in the league and the number like, I don't know, four, 400 and whatever. I don't, I don't have them right. Not, not a great cornerback in uh, Amik Robertson. And what that, is our, yeah, I, I guess I guess I'm probably going to lead into what you're going to say. What what is our what is our game plan here when you have one side that's obviously a very good lockdown corner and the other side's not, but you also have two very good wide receivers. What's our game plan here? Well, and it's because you've got Casey Hayward there, um, and kind of that's it. I mean, sort of. You, you've got Damon Arnetta is is on our IR, um, who, who was their first round pick. He wasn't getting a ton of snaps this year anyway. Um, you've got Trayvon Maring, their kind of their second round rookie at safety back there. You've got Jonathan Abram, who's been one of the worst safeties in the league since they drafted him. Um, so, you know, this, what this defense I think is most susceptible to is the deep strike. Honestly, um, you know, you can beat those corners with on 50, 50 balls with Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton quite a bit. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to see John Brown make any kind of an impact this week. Um, you know, he's definitely going to add that speed offense or speed element to this offense that they've been missing since Judy and Hamler went out for sure. Um, but I don't know if you can really count on him the, the week after he's elevated from the practice squad after he signed to the practice squad to make any kind of contribution. You saw right. Teddy and David Moore try to get on the same page a little bit last week. They, they missed by on a couple of plays by just a little bit. And unfortunately they were open plays too. Um, so yeah, I mean, really it's, it's going to be another week of you're counting on Patrick and Sutton to make the big, the big contributions outside. Um, if they can get up and over these, these defensive backs for the Raiders a little bit, and I think they can, yeah, you can have some success, but yeah, I think, I think the most susceptible this offense is to being beaten anywhere is deep right now. I wish we had a little bit more in the way of speed in this offense to do that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, I, that's the way I see it. What about you? No, I, I a hundred percent. And we, we talked, I talked about this a little bit with Ray on the radio show too. Like mom, you're playing mom and dad right now. If, if you're going to, if you're going to take bets or you're going to decide who's going to, who's going to be the number one guy and the number one wide receiver you're playing, they're both capable of being the number one receiver. And that's why I kind of like this matchup, only because you really only have one good lockdown corner on one side, and the other guy you just you just pick on the one guy. It's not it doesn't seem too difficult to me, especially when the safety help's not really there. Um, but however, I, and I will say this as we move into the inside, the fact again another pregame or postgame podcast that we're still in a little bit of thunder from the fact that we didn't throw to Noah Fant until the end of the like the beginning of the fourth quarter. And then didn't continue to target Noah Fant against a struggling linebacking core who cannot cover tight ends in the Steelers. And this is another struggling linebacking core who's very, like I said, very good at blitz, very good at at uh, at at run stop, not very good in pass coverage. We need to get Noah Fant involved in this offense in order to establish the pass. Yeah, 
absolutely. Um, and, you know, maybe that starts with just some some shorter routes for him, some crossers, some, you know, stick route, a slant route here and there. It's just – it's what I'm not seeing from this offense a lot is a short to intermediate passing game that can pick up yards at five, six yards at a time reliably. It's just – it's not there at all right now. Yeah. And Noah Fant, you would think, is should be a huge part of that. Um, and I, and I, I just, I guess I don't really understand why it isn't there or, or what we're not getting, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm as flummoxed as you as to his lack of participation in the offense thus far. I hope it changes this week. It's, you know, uh, you know, you've got KJ, Wright, And that may be, you know, one of the better coverage linebackers in the NFL. So maybe this is not the week to expect, uh, Noah Fant to go off, but you know, we'll just have to see, I guess. Um, what do you, what as, do you an off, as an offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. there's two things. And again, I'm, I'm not saying I'm an NFL like quality, but there's, there's two things just gen- generically. There's two things that can stop slash counter. I'd say there's two things that can counter a good blitz. That is a quick shot to the tight end because the linebackers are clear in space and you can, you can take over space with the tight end on a release and screens, which is two things in the last two weeks we have not seen any of. And that's something that we really need to take advantage of against one of the top blitzing defenses in the league. Well, and I'll tell you, um, the Ravens, I remember they tried to set up a screen against the Ravens, and it was just, it was disastrous. And I, I, it's something I've re- I remember going back to last year is this, this team is just not competent really executing screens. And you're right, it would be a huge part of helping to open up the offense if they could do it. But they're not good at it right now, and I don't know why they're not good at it, but maybe that's the reason we're not seeing them call it is because when they do call it, it's not working. Um, it's, po- it's possible. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it, you got to get something going. Cause like, you know, like we were talking about getting into these third and eights, these third and longs, these, it's just, it's counterproductive to the offense and it's going to stall you out more times than not. Um, and you can't do it against an offense like this. I know they're in, they're in disarray, et cetera, et cetera, but they've still got, players they've still got brian edwards they've still got darren waller they've still got henry ruggs they've still got Derek carr so you've got to have your offense out in the field being able to score points it's no we've been talking about it for years on this podcast and nothing changes scoring 19 points a game you're not going to win a lot Um, absolutely so yeah so let's let's move it into the inside uh how are we feeling about our offense line versus their defensive line this is i think for me this is the one place that we are at the weak spot uh, against this team because right now their defensive especially their pass rush is unreal yeah well and uh, you know on ahead. the outside they have you know we and we talked about him max max crosby and unique miguel um and on the inside you know maybe on the inside they're they're struggling a little bit but we also are too so what what are you thinking about inside versus inside inside versus inside and, and I, I do want to start with max crosby again i know we talked about him a little bit already um but yeah, he has a pass rush grade of 91 right now on, on PFF. Only two sacks this year, but 18 hurries. Uh, 31 total pressures already this year. Uh, a guy who, even just in his short stint with the Raiders, uh, has been very good against the Broncos. Uh, so, yeah, Bobby Massey, I think, is going to be the one matched up against him most often. It's going to be a problem. Uh, if if he gets loose because yeah we we've seen already that 
what happens to Teddy when the offensive line doesn't protect him that well? Um, when he takes sacks, he kind of takes bad sacks. Uh, he, he has a tendency to kind of drift and try to make things happen in the pocket. And that's nice, but a lot of times he can get caught 10 yards, you know, behind the line of scrimmage already. And then he tries to make a play, step out of a tackle, but he ends up going backwards another two yards. And then his momentum carries him another three or four yards. It's Max Crosby with two X's, Hunter Renfro. Weird names. They got some names on the on the Raiders. Anyway, it's not just him. They've got a stable of pass rushers. They've got Carl Nassib. They've got Yannick Ngakwe. They've got guys who can get there and they can keep them fresh. It's kind of what the Broncos envisioned their defense would be this year with Malik Reed, with Bradley Chubb, with Von Miller, and it just hasn't materialized. Uh, so, yeah, they've they've got to keep those guys off. They've got to make sure the assignments are sound with the running backs in blitz protection. Um, cause yeah, the Raiders, I think are going to come after Teddy Bridgewater. So you've got to make sure it's protected up, get the ball out quickly. Maybe it's, you know, if you're not going to do, if the run game's not going to be effective, or if you're not going to try it, at least be getting the ball out quickly is, is what I would plead to Pat Shermer this week. Yeah. You we were talking about, uh, Max Crosby's numbers. Nagakwe's numbers are very similar, uh, two sacks, 15 hurries. So not so many sacks on this season, on the season, but lots of hurries. They're getting a lot of pressure on the guys that they're playing, which is which is pretty intense. So something we're going to have to look out for, and like you said, we're going to have to kind of game plan, and I'd like to see a good game plan uh, from Pat Shermer specifically against against uh, this this team. All right, let's flip the, flip the script. Let's talk about our defense a little bit, um, and then we'll get into some, uh, some predictions and some matchups to watch on either side. So let's talk about our, uh, our defense versus their offense. Now, I'm not going to lie, after last week, thinking that we really had a great matchup on defense, we got eaten alive. And we talked about Kyle Fuller. We talked about that issue. But, I mean, we're just not getting pressure. We're not getting, you know, the pass coverage. I think the one time we got pass coverage, we got the strip sack. But outside of that, it just looked like our defense was stale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, You know, hopefully Ronald Darby coming back. You get some reinforcements there this week. I'm just looking at that pass rush more than anything else right now. And it's not coming from guys who were doing it last year. You know, Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, um, you know, and Jones has been good this year, uh, but he's, it's, you've got to have a little bit more as far as just getting that pressure going. This is the game. Um, you know, Alex Leatherwood, that the rest of that Raiders offensive line. I know we said this last game, but, but you've got to take advantage of those matchups. If you can, you've got to be able to get pressure. You've got to win individual matchups because otherwise Derek Carr can make you pay. You know, we talked about how Ben Roethlisberger might not have it anymore, but Derek Carr is still right in the middle of his prime as far as physical ability. And he can make you pay. Um, Brian Edwards, Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, all of these guys have the ability to get open in the backfield. If you give them enough time and make you, you know, be yard after catch threats too. So you've got to keep everything in front of you if if you're this defense and that really it's to me, that's the key matchup on this defense is can that pass rush finally get home against what is billed as another bad offensive line? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think they're only the only real um, like matchup that they probably have is uh first round 2018 first round Colton Miller on the outside. Other than that, I mean, their, their offensive line is looking a little rough. It really is, and there's nothing. There's nothing that if we don't take advantage of this game, I'm gonna start getting a little worried about where our pass rush is. Because last two games, I, I, specifically against the Steelers, I, I definitely thought we had a matchup 
then that that would be able to get Von Miller two to three six sacks. We're talking about strip sacks for Von Miller, and obviously again we got the strip sack, but that was really a coverage thing. But yeah, I think you're right. On the inside, we definitely have them beat, and our offense, our run game for the most part last week it looked like for whatever reason. Every time that that they ran the ball, they weren't even getting touched till two yards downfield, and it just yeah. looked like we just were not controlling the line of scrimmage. Part of that might be because I just don't feel like the Broncos were really ready to go out there and play. We're coming back home, I think, against the Raiders team. I think everybody understands the implications and where they sit right now in this league. This is, a, this is super important. This is our first. Everybody else had a uh, interconference game in the AFC West. This is our first conference game in the AFC West. We have to, have to, have to win this game. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they come out and say that. Um Okay, so you talked about it on the outside, right? Kyle Fuller probably going out. Um, Patrick Sertan's playing pretty well, I think, and I think he's going to be able to match up well. Now, what about the deep threat of Henry Ruggs? Are we going to be able to get Simmons, uh, Justin Simmons, to be able to cover that deep threat? Or are they going to be able to take advantage of that? Because like I said, I really do believe with nothing to lose as a, as a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach, you take the shots. You just yeah. throw the ball up and yeah. take the shots. Are we going to be able to capitalize on the fact that we know that, or are they going to be able to capitalize the fact that they just don't give a crap? Yeah, no, I, I hope so. Because yeah, I, I you're gonna have to see Simmons deep. You're gonna want to see Caden Stearns deep on those plays that he's in there. Because um, yeah, I, I think they're going to try and throw it over the top with Waller with Rugs. Um, you know, Simmons, I think, is going to have that real responsibility this game. He, he and Jackson, because those deep crosses uh, underneath, uh, deep crossing routes underneath those post routes, underneath those go routes with the outside receivers, the Raiders love that kind of stuff. And they're so, so good at, at him with Waller. He is so lethal on those kind of routes. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to come down on those safeties to, to really be patrolling the middle of the field uh, and cut off those lanes. Um, and to not let the receivers get behind them. Absolutely crucial. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do it, but you know, I never know how they're going to do it any week, and sometimes they do. So I'm not saying they can't do it, but I mean that's going to be the really crucial thing. I, I think it's less on the corners this week than it is on those safeties to really be keeping that, you know, keeping things in front of them at all times because there's so many players on this offense that can lo- get loose behind you, and once they do, it's yikes. Yeah, you know? Yep. And, and absolutely, and, and the way that, so, against the Ravens, we held them to, we almost broke their record of, you know, hundred a, a great rush offense, we almost broke their record for 100-yard games, whatever oh. it was, they, you know, we, we all know the drama there, whatever it was, but we played very well against the run, against one of the top running offenses in the league. Now, then, then you go to the Steelers, who have been very struggling, very hard against the uh, with the run. Um, and for some reason, we couldn't. They were getting six to seven yards every time they handed the ball off, which was super, super frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. Now we're coming in. Josh Jacobs is a, a fantastic, prolific runner. He's a very, very good running back behind a de- delicate line. I'll give him that. Do they take the Steelers' playbook and go? You know what? Let's just hand off to Josh Jacobs. And let him get five to six yards every time and just do the same thing the Steelers did. I mean, if it's – I'm sure that's what they're going to try to do first. And if it's working, why why stop? Because you saw, you saw it against the Steelers. They were able to dictate terms offensively because they were able to just give it to Najee Harris. And it was, you know, second down and four, second down and five. And then it was third down and three or third down and two or just first down and ten again. Um, so yeah, if the Raiders are finding success with Josh Jacobs in runs like that, 
I don't see any reason why they would why they would move off of it. Um, it's going to be up to the guys up front to stop it. Mike Purcell, uh, Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones. Do your thing, fellas. You know, get into the backfield or stop it at the line of scrimmage. Alexander Johnson, flow to the tackle. Justin Strenad, make it happen. It's just you, you've got to be able to be gap sound there. You've got to be able to be disciplined. You've got to be able to stay within the scheme and just do your jobs and fit the run, honestly. And I, I understand, like we just said, we want those safeties playing kind of deep, and it puts more onus on the on the front seven. Um Got to show up for this one and just, again, win those one-on-one matchups and get Jacobs on the ground. Now, I think against this offensive line, it's going to be a little easier than it was against Steelers. I'll be honest. Uh, just just based on the numbers, based on the stats, uh, I, I think that we can take advantage of this defensive line. And again, at home, I think it's just a little bit a little bit different of the emergence of this game. Um, you you got to be honest. We got to be honest with ourselves, David. If if the Raiders come in with all the drama and all the bull crap that they have going on with a brand new head coach, brand new offensive coordinator, and win this game. That is it for Broncos. Like Broncos country might, we might start some sort of riot somewhere. I don't know what's going on, but they're going to be angry asking for every, like they're already asking for coaches heads. Yeah. Something's going to catch on fire. I don't know where it'll yeah. be or what, but yeah, somebody will burn if this one, I mean, just in the court of public opinion, honestly, but yeah, right. it's, it's going to be really, really ugly about around Broncos country. If they don't manage to pick up a win here. All right, let's uh let's go real quick. Either side of the ball, uh, biggest matchup you're looking for on either side of the ball. What what are you? What's your focus this week going to be? Really, like we win this battle, we win. We lose this battle, we lose this game. I mean, I, I, well, I hate go to first. go. Yeah, you go. You Unless go you want, you got one. Uh, you go first. Okay. All right. We talked about him enough. Max with two X's, right, David? The two X's. Gotta watch two out X's. For Max with two X's against Bobby Massey. Max Crosby is having one hell of a year. His pass rush is unbelievable. Bobby Massey has not been exactly as advertised coming into us. That's going to be tough. And whether or not we need to, like you said, use our our running backs as blitz pickup or have a couple tight ends in there chipping them on the way out, whatever the case is, that's my matchup. That if we lose that matchup, Teddy Bridgewater has to run for his life 90% of the plays, we're going to have a problem. and Because I don't think he makes... He can he can extend a play if he needs to, but I don't think he's going to be able to do what what he can if he's getting just pressure in the face from that side every single time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and like we said, if he gets one of those sat, if he gets those pressures where he's just trying to break loose and make something happen, but he's drifting backwards and he's moving backwards, somebody's going to trip him up. We're going to lose 16 yards. We're going to be out of field goal range or out of range to go for it on fourth down. And it's going to kill a drive, and that's you know that's going to be it. So I think you're totally right about that. You've got to keep Max Crosby off of Teddy Bridgewater. You've got to keep the quarterback clean this week. That's a good call. Um, I don't, you know, I've talked about us in the trenches enough. I don't want to talk about our, our defensive line or our <laughs> offensive line right now. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton against that defense, that defensive backfield against the Raiders. Um, we talked about Hayward, but you know, Sutton is a matchup I just like every week. Um, so yeah, I, I think if you can get him, they already want to, you see, you've seen him in Bridgewater want to be connected on those deep balls. They've done it a couple of times. I'd expect you to, I'd expect them to try it again. And, you know, a couple of times if it doesn't work the first time. Um, so yeah, that's what I think. If I think, I think if they connect on two or three big plays to Sutton down the field, they can win this game. Perfect. How's the game going to go? 
Score prediction. How do you think this game's going to go? Eh, it's not going to be the score fest that Broncos country wants it to be, I don't think. Um, I'm looking somewhere in the neighborhood of 23-17 Broncos. I do think they win, but it's going to be a close game. Uh, if it came down to a last-second field goal by Brandon McManus, that would not surprise me in the least. Um, but yeah, 23-17, 23-20, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm also going to go with 23 for the, for the Broncos, but I'm going to go 10 uh, th- to 13 for the Raiders. I think at home we have the energy and we have enough to make the the Las Vegas Raiders confused. Yeah. Um, against And so here's the other thing I mentioned. Coach Fangio is, so far this season, we're 3-2. and two. He's 3-0 and oh against uh, coaches who have been in the league less than three years. Cool. And he's zero and two against coaches who have won a Super Bowl, so it is it is a little bit tough. Um, one sorry, won a Super Bowl or has gone to a Super Bowl, so it's a little tough. Uh, if if he loses this one against an interim head coach, uh, uh, you know that he's. I, I'm just playing the stats here. We we yeah. win this game. Okay. So twenty three ten, and I think I think we come out strong. I don't think we score on our first drive. I think we keep that streak alive. Uh, but I do think we come out strong enough to be able to control the game and not have to make the big plays. Just control the clock, keep the offense on the field, um, and keep their offense off the field. Again, J- John Gruden was the heart and soul of that offense, and I think our defense is good enough to be able to keep someone who's calling new plays just off the field. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um. Yeah, they. Uh, all right, we think they can do it. Will they do it? Will they? That's Will that's they? a big question. Mm-hmm. That's a big question. Will they? Do, we've been proved wrong again. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, and I uh, and I won't get fooled again. You can't get fooled again. I can't uh, get fooled again. No, no, you can't. Um, is there anything left left to say, Jared? Any final thoughts, or do we? Is it is it about time to close this one out? You know what? Let's close this one. Let's do some quick final thoughts. Uh, not just so much on this game. Uh, as always, we're Orange Weekly. If you guys have listened this far, I'm pretty sure you know at this point. Make sure you guys are telling your friends about us. Make sure you're sharing. Make sure you're uh, enjoying the content. We uh, are part of the Pigskin Podcast Network, which we're super excited to be a part of, uh, sponsored by DraftKings. So make sure you're downloading that DraftKings Sportsbook and using the code TPPN to get a couple uh, couple hundred dollars for free. And... Um, we have a lot of content to bring you. We continue bringing it. Win or lose or draw, we're here for you, and we love Broncos country. So, uh, David, any closing th- thoughts on the uh, on the game? Division. Yes. That's all I have to say. Division. But, well, I, think that, I mean, that, rivals, like top we, rivals, division nope. rivals. like division. No. Nope. That sums up everything. I think I think Broncos well, country knows what I mean. Like division within the, in the coaching know, staff? They know what I mean. With, they know what I mean. The, I don't think I don't think they do. I'm yeah, part of Broncos yeah. country, and I feel like I don't know. Just can you? Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Division. Division. Yeah, division. That's what we're going with. Boom. All right. All hey, right. other than division, there's only one thing to end this off on, David. Go no Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.